You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. I'm accustomed as I am to having nothing to rant about at the top of the show. I have to admit that I have nothing this week to rant about at the top of the show. Um, I have nothing much to say. I just had some lunch. It's a perfectly lovely day. Uh, we recorded this podcast a little bit in advance, so hopefully uh, the world hasn't ended and I'm not going to seem too obtuse and out of touch when this comes out and I say that I have nothing to rant about, but I have nothing to rant about, so we're just going to get to your fucking calls after this. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash SAVAGE. Hi, Dan. I'm an 18-year-old self-identified lesbian, but probably bisexual college student, and I'm living in New York City. I've been involved in this friends with benefits relationship with a close friend of mine. Now, this type of arrangement is fairly new to both of us. He's 20 and has never been in an NSA relationship before. And I've had a few fuck buddies in the past, but these fuck buddies have mostly been women. Anyway, this friend I'm having sex with is into some fairly kinky stuff. He's into role play, degradation, forced cunnilingus, pegging, and he truly enjoys snowballing. Having been in mostly lesbian relationships before, I'm quite creative in the bedroom, and I find myself to be very GGG. The issue is, however, I don't know how GGG this guy is, because he himself is more into the submissive role during sex. He doesn't feel comfortable playing the role of my pretend daddy, who will talk dirty, as well as fuck me into oblivion. And I've had this fantasy for a while now, and he is yet to oblige. We've also had some arguments about condoms. Teddy, I know. And he refuses to buy condoms because it, because it's unfair that the guy is expected to provide condoms when the girl is participating in the sex. So I told him, hey, it's your dick. You know it fits well. And just because I let you fondle my perky tits, it doesn't make you responsible for purchasing my push-up bras. Plus, if I'm willing to gargle and pass back your cum, you could at least buy condoms. So basically, I feel like He's not being very GGG, and I need to know, is it because he's a selfish prick, or is it because he's inexperienced and he's afraid to leave his comfort zone? I'm hoping it's because he's inexperienced and his lack of confidence in his abilities makes him unable to perform, because if so, then Dan, I've got an experiment. I want to use him as my blank canvas, and with your philosophy on sex and relationships, I may be able to engineer the perfect lover. A guy whose dick doesn't get scared away, has masterful skills in foreplay, someone who is GGG, confident, and communicates sexual worries and desires without running scared with their tail between their legs. So tell me, is this guy a piece of shit and I should dump him already? Or is this an opportunity to design the perfect fuck buddy? He seems pretty eager to learn, and he can eat my pussy for days, so I don't really know what to do. 
blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I'm not too interested in your problem. We should all have such problems. We should all have uh, the problem of a relatively decent fuck buddy around who'll eat our uh, genitals, uh, eat our pussies for hours and hours and hours. As for, you know, a quote-unquote submissive who refuses to buy condoms, uh, if you're his dominant, you order him to buy condoms. You tell him that he will go buy the condoms or you're going to punish him in some erotic way uh, that he dreads but can endure for that sort of erotic tension reason that people in dom-sub relationships uh, are able to finesse. What really intrigues me about your call is I am an 18-year-old self-identified lesbian. I might be bisexual. I'm currently gargling the cum of some dude and spitting it back into his mouth. Yeah, I think you might just be bisexual. I get grief. I, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but I get grief every time a call runs like yours on the podcast because the actual lesbians out there who will – point out and they do have a point that actual lesbians aren't gargling cum are going to feel annoyed and, and made to feel invisible. So I would encourage you at 18 years old, self-identified lesbian that you might be, to perhaps identify yourself as bisexual because even if you culturally identify with the lesbian community, you are functionally, factually bisexual in a major way. Hey, Dan. I'm a 22-year-old male calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am back home for spring break, back home, at chilling out at UWM. Um, a friend of about four months who I broke up with and then recently got back together with, we were having problems. I feel like I want to be independent and separate of her, but... Uh, we have great sex, and we are we have a healthy, committed relationship. And she is best friend, and I'm also hers. And it's it's tough because I also want to be with other people, and I'm used to a very single life kind of existence. And it's very difficult for me being being committed. And I want to hear your point on the matter in terms of uh, monogamy. And as an, an additional spin to it, she's going abroad to south of France in August for an entire year. So... I am going to be left alone back in Madison, all by my lonesome, for a good 8 to 12 months. So I want to hear your viewpoints on this. She's my best friend, and I don't want to lose her. Listen, um, you're in a healthy, committed relationship, and she's your best friend and everything, but you need to break up with her. If you if you haven't already, no, I, I have not. Okay, you need to break up with her because you're going to cheat on her, and it's going to get ugly, and she's going to find out. She'll probably find out after she gets back from France, after she passed up on God knows how much hot uncuck 
French cock while she's away, do her the favor of setting her free now before her year abroad so that she can have some international relations while she's gone. Oh, no, that's, that's the idea. I, I, feel, I feel as if I miscommunicated. Um, we, we're, we're breaking up um, uh, a couple days before she leaves so that we can both be on our own when she's away. Oh, okay, then what's the problem? Um, I, I suppose the problem is that uh, um, I'm still kind of wanting to be with other people, and we, we fight a lot. And uh, that the combination of the two makes it difficult to kind of stay as engaged as I want to be with her. Okay, but you want to be with other people, and you guys are breaking up, and so you're going to get to be with other people, right? Um, uh, yeah, but we, um, I, I, that's, that's precisely right. You still, have, you still have feelings of affection for her. Absolutely. Okay, well, you can stay in contact. You can stay friendly. You can regard the breakup as a hiatus if it helps your heart, you big marshmallow boy, heal, and then <laughs> maybe pick up where you left off when she gets back. But it is the smart thing to do to suspend things while she's gone, particularly as you want to fuck other people, and so does she. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we, we keep joking about how she's going to gonna find her Prince Charming in France and live in a chateau and whatnot. <laughs> and um, and um, if, she, if, she, if that happens, I'm totally okay with that as long as she's okay, in a so happy place, you know, with someone that cares about her. Here's what's going on. You're just experiencing a little bit of regret because if circumstances were different because of the way you feel about each other, if you're a different stage in your life, you probably wouldn't be breaking up right now. If you if you begun dating after she sense. got back from France or whatever, and you just have to be mature about it and say, right now we can't be in the committed relationship that if you know we'd met two three years down the road, perhaps we could be, and who knows, maybe two three years down the road, we'll be in that committed relationship. Yeah, but who knows? And right now you can't be in that kind of committed relationship because you're going to cheat on her while she's gone. She's going to cheat on you, so you can't. You're doing the wise, mature thing here by calling the whole thing off before it explodes in your faces, and you'll both look back fondly on the relationship, right. and that'll help if circumstance brings you guys back together again for things to resume. That you're doing it in this way that's making you a little heart sick and give, making you yeah. feel a little bit of regret as opposed to doing it a way where you know there's a big explosion and you guys hate each other and there's a lot of conflict and then you have no regrets because fuck that bitch. And she'll be like, fuck that asshole. It's over. And then she'll go, you know, tear a hole through all the French guys in Paris. And you'll go tear a hole through all the sluts in Champaign-Urbana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> this is a non-problem. Don't bother me with your non-problems, college boy. Uh, thank you. Uh, no, that, that, that really helps me cement, cement my, uh, our decision. And that, that helps so much. Thank you very much, Dad. You're welcome. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com, and enter Savage at checkout. Dan, my name, my name is Dan as well, and I'm calling from a long-time listener, um, big fan, but I'm Asian, and I just don't have a lot in my pants. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, 
I've heard there's like pumps and there's choking and all this stuff, and it sounds like it's all bullshit. But can you just do a definitive answer for all of us dudes out here? Like, is there is there any way to increase the size of your dick? If there's not, um, you know, let us know and we'll live in heartbreak. All right, man. Thank you so much. There's no way to increase the size of your penis. The end. Get a big dildo. Uh, you've probably got a big forearm. And a shout out to all the Asian guys out there who are average or above averagely endowed. You exist. And we don't want to traffic in pernicious racial stereotypes. There is one thing that you can do, but you shouldn't. There's a ligament that attaches the shaft of your penis to your pelvic bone called the sus. I, I'm going to mi- mispronounce it suspensory ligament because it suspends your dick there in dick space. And you can get that ligament cut, and then your dick drops down like an inch, and it will appear when you're flaccid that your dick is about you know an inch longer. But here's the problem. When your dick gets erect, that ligament actually served a, a purpose. It anchored your dick to your pelvis. Uh, and once you, if you cut that ligament because you want to appear to be a little bit longer because a little bit more of your shaft is now sort of hanging outside your body – your hard penis sort of flops around. You'll have a much harder time actually using it to fuck someone with. Uh, people who've had suspensory ligaments cut often have to grip the base of their erect cock as they're fucking with one hand. If that's worth it for that extra three quarters of an inch, half an inch, inch, go for it. But you know what? It's not worth it. What guys with small dicks got to do. Uh, is accept that they have small dicks. Uh, embrace this off-sided study that I have hammered away at. Women who are partnered with men who have below-average penises, even micro-penises, report higher levels of sexual satisfaction than women with men who have average to above-average size penises because the small dick guys try harder. They eat pussy like champs. And you know what? However small your dick is, how big's your forearm? Bet it's pretty big. And you can also, if you just embrace the fact that, you know, you have a small dick and you're going to, it's going to be a pleasure center for you. And if you're with somebody who really wants to be fucked by something large every once in a while, fist fuck them or get a cock sleeve, which you can get now, which is like a cock ring that looks like a great big cock and you strap it to your dick and then you can fuck them uh, with your dick times 10. Uh, But you just got to accept the equipment that you've got, make the best of it, uh, provide your partners with outrageous awesome orgasms, high levels of sexual satisfaction. Stop bemoaning what you don't got and reveling in what you do got, which is the dick you were born with and lots of other potential skills and tricks that you can pick up along the way. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is Joanne Fluke's Devil's Food Cake Murder, a Hannah Svensson mystery with recipes. I'm just pulling this one out of the hat because my husband Terry likes mysteries and I like to bake and we finally found the perfect audiobook for us to listen to together in the kitchen. For a free audiobook of your choice... Go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That's audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hey, Dan. Uh, Thanks partly to you, my husband and I have decided to give Mostly Monogamy a try. I've kind of sort of wanted it from the beginning and dropped hints every now and then that I'd be up for it if he was. Six years later, he is perfect timing because I have a crush on one of our friends. 
I'm not sure if this guy is a good idea, though. He's a few years younger than me. I'm 26, he's 21, so I already feel a little weird about that. He hasn't had a girlfriend that I know of in the three years I've known him, and he seems like he feels awkward around most girls. But we flirt all the time. He's really, really hot in a hot, nerdy kind of way. Do you have any campsite rule tips for preventing friends with benefits from getting hurt and uh, how to keep them as friends once it's over? Also, how do I explain that my husband is cool with it? Most of my friends know and like my husband, and most of his friends know and like me, so I think they might feel guilty. What should I say that lets a guy know that I'm not cheating and that this would only be a casual sometimes thing while making it sound appealing? Most of my friends are nice guys, and I don't know if that makes them less likely to turn down casual sex, but I feel like they'd probably have hesitations about it because I'm married. One obvious solution is to join the local swingers community, but my husband and I would rather sleep with each other than almost anyone else, and we really just want permission to sleep with the few people we meet that really do it for us. Um, And one more question. How do you keep drama to a minimum? I think that once we do this, it'll probably get out and people will talk about us. We only know one other couple that has an open relationship, and people talk about them all the time like they're on the verge of inevitable doom. That's partly because they lie to each other and do what they want regardless of what the other wants and then brag about it. My husband and I are pretty private, so we weren't planning on telling many people, but I think that's one of those things that just gets out there. Um, So, yeah, any advice for the mostly monogamy thing would be awesome. Thanks, Dan. You had so many questions that uh, I've listened to your call, as have the other listeners, and now I can't remember exactly what your questions were. So there's this 21-year-old boy, you're married, you want to fuck this guy, he's never had a girlfriend, much luck with women. Uh, here's what you do. You know, he's obviously comfortable flirting with you. He knows you're married, right? Right. So this he, is... he knows my husband. They've hung out before. Okay, well, the reason he's comfortable flirting with you is because it's low stakes, because he probably thinks nothing can come of it. Mm-hmm. So you need to let him know that something can come of it and that something's him. What if he's not interested? I don't want to lose him as a friend. You say, I want to tell you something and I'm worried that I might lose you as a friend and I don't want that to happen. So if this makes you uncomfortable, I apologize in advance, but blah, blah, blah. I'm in an open relationship with my husband. Uh, It's new to both of us and I'd like to take you up on some of this flirting if you're serious. And, you know, if he's socially awkward and hasn't had much luck with women, you should present this to him as a, an opportunity in a, in a safe, low-stakes way to explore sex with an actual human female that he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be uh, worried about you know, long-term possibilities, about dating, about a relationship, about marriage, about children, about anything. This is just about sex and a relationship. Because even if you know you're married to someone else and this is going to be a temporary thing, you are going to have a relationship. You have a relationship with him now. You're just going to make it a sexual relationship if he's up for it. But you have to be you know down with rejection uh, and, and okay with judgment if you're going to be in an open relationship. You're going to hit on people who might look down on you for what you're doing, but. It's yeah, worth... and I guess I'm kind of worried that he'll end up getting hurt. Like he'll get more attached than. Don't I flatter want yourself. <laughs> Don't yeah, flatter yourself. Yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. <laughs> you know he might. You know he might imprint on you like a duckling if you're his first or the the first woman who's really paid him much attention. Uh, so long as you roll it out as there is no possibility that I'm leaving my husband. There are no long term prospects here. What I'm offering you is. Let's be fuck buddies for a while, and I'd like to 
be with you if you'd like to be with me, but this is temporary and just for fun. I bet he'll say yes. And if he gets hurt, then it's his fault. Okay. And, and, and so I long as it's... I felt like I'd be a bad person, like, valuing, like, me thinking he was hot over his potential of getting hurt. You're not a bad person so long as you are upfront, so long as you disclose, so long as you give him an out, you know, don't make a hot and heavy play for him. You need to do it in a very sort of friendly, dispassionate way. Don't say, you know, don't like get him drunk and then say and <laughs> leap on him. What you need to do is have coffee with him and say, "We flirt all the time and I just wanted to let you know that if you're serious, we we could be we could do it. We could be sexually involved. I have an open marriage, and I really do like you. And I don't want you to get hurt. And I, I you know I can't be your girlfriend, and I can't be your future wife. And nothing long term can come of this. But if what you want is some intimacy, sexual contact, some experience, I'm here. Awesome. And if he gets hurt, then he made a free choice. You know, then you're the hot stove that he walked up to and slapped his hand on. You're not the hot stove that chased him down and laid down on top of him. Um, and you had, you had 10 million other was, questions I don't remember at this moment. Yeah, it was just one more. That was pretty much it. There was just one more. Like, uh, how do you avoid drama with your friends, I guess, knowing? By not apologizing. Kind of it as a, not huh? a, you don't apologize, you don't explain. And you don't justify. And your friends who go, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys would do that. You say, well, that's what we're doing. And we're both happy and it's all above board and honest. And let's talk about something else now. And so it's none of your business. Say, and if they ask if, it, if it's true, you just say, yep, and move on. Yeah. Okay. Because if you deny it and they have the goods on you, then it's more powerful gossip because then they feel like, it's dirt that you're trying to cover up. You know, I don't think you should be in an open relationship if you're not willing to be open to a certain extent about it. And people are going to find out. Right. We thought about trying to keep it private, but uh, decided that probably wouldn't work very well. So we've been like flirting with other people in front of our friends. So There's a point between it. keeping it private and putting up a billboard yeah. on the outside of town. You can... You know, there are swingers clubs. There's a lot of people out there who are in non-monogamous relationships and mar open marriages and nobody knows because they go to swingers clubs or they, you know, they, they advertise or they only do it out of town and they really do keep it on the down low because they want to be perceived as monogamous or socially monogamous by their friends, families, associates, coworkers, their community. Um, if you guys, however, don't want to do the swinger scene and want to have sexual contact with people you know, who are in your circle of friends and those are the people you're attracted to, you just have to be okay with folks knowing because folks are going to find out. Right. My husband actually just had his first uh, first date with someone last week and it went well. So uh, I'm hanging out with a guy on Sunday. So I guess I'll go for it and see what happens. Good luck. Please be safe. Thanks. Please use condoms. Please vet people. Please don't get hurt. And it's yep. good it's good that you're going into this, I have to say, with concern for other people's feelings. There are a lot of people who are in open relationships, open marriages, who are very concerned for their partner's feelings and not very concerned for their uh, sex playthings feelings. 
So you're miles of, and miles ahead of a lot of people in open relationships and open marriages that you're being thoughtful about this and considerate of partners in addition to your husband. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Good luck. Hi, Dan. Um, well, I'm a longtime caller or longtime listener, first-time caller. Um, your show has helped me in, in so many ways, and you know, I just thought I'd you know, call in give you a question. Um, it's about coming out, um, and not about me coming out. Um, I'm out to my entire family, have been for like a year and a half now, totally happy, totally cool with that. Um, but my boyfriend is um, less than out with his family. Uh, we both go to school. Um, in a really big metropolitan area. He's out to everyone down here. It's We've been, it's about a year ago that we met and sort of started on and off. Um, we definitely had like a relationship, but we weren't exclusive until last um, September. So I guess he, he's been like my boyfriend since September. Um, and uh, and it's just so weird because he is out to everyone here um, and not out to his family at all to the point where he has to sort of um, actively hide it from them um, <clears throat> in a number of ways. I've gone home and I've met them. They're they're really cool, really chill. Like they are not, you know, sort of like the typical crazy evangelical types who um, would be against, you know, like everything gay or whatever. They're um, <clears throat> they're European. He's from Germany. His whole family is from Germany. Um, they're you know very progressive, very liberal. Um, they are okay with that, but for some reason he just has not gotten around to talking to them about that at all. Um, it used to really bother me. Um, it, it doesn't so much anymore. I sort of come to terms with it. It's, it's, it's his own journey. Um, I, you know, I'm happy with what I have with him. I'm super into him. We get along great, and it's just I'm in a very, very happy place with him. Um, but I have to admit, it still bugs me a little bit that he hasn't been able to, you know, acknowledge this with his parents and the family. Um, and I'm going over there for spring break. We're heading up tomorrow. Um, and I know he, he doesn't really have any plans of coming out to the now. He said multiple times that he will, uh, last summer and then over winter break. And he just has taken tiny little baby steps, but has not done it yet. Um, so I'm wondering, am I crazy? Uh, am I sort of being obsessive if I'm thinking about this and am I being selfish for wishing he would? Um, I just don't really know if I'm being a pushover or not. It should bug you that he's closeted. He's a grown-up and he wants to have a grown-up relationship with you. And when you're in a relationship with someone who's closeted, you sort of get dragged back into the closet too. You're having to play baby games with his family that you've met where you're not allowed to be out. Uh, and not out in the, you know, running in circles in a pink tutu screaming I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay at the top of your voice, but out in the sense of just comfortably and casually interacting with someone that you're in an intimate relationship with in a way that reveals that you're in an intimate relationship with them, which does not mean fucking in front of family. It means, you know, there's a way in which you physically relate to a boyfriend or a girlfriend, even in front of their family, that kind of betrays the relationship, a comfort, an intimacy that people can pick up on and if you're not allowed to be out to him and you don't want to out him you're not allowed to be out to his family as his boyfriend then when you're around his family you're suddenly having to police your actions police your behaviors you suddenly have to pass for something you are not again maybe he's not asking you to pass for straight but he's certainly asking you to pass for not his boyfriend which is something you're not and he's just a coward they're not evangelicals. They're cra They're not crazy, judgmental, asshole douchebags who are going to cut him off and freak out. He's just afraid of telling mommy and daddy and having to 
do the work of holding their hands through his coming out process and he's just avoiding it. And it helps him to avoid it that they're over in Germany and he's over here. And so you need to tell him that you love him and you want to be in a relationship with him but you do not want to be in a relationship that's closeted. Give him some time. You're the incentive here. Your presence in his life. You're the leverage. You tell him the time has come and he has – I don't know. You pick the date, six months, 12 months to finally be out to his family. Uh, They deserve it. They deserve to know him for who he is. He deserves it. You deserve it. Sometimes people need to push. You know, Out in gay land, you sometimes hear, oh, everybody comes out at their own pace and you just have to let people – Sometimes people need to shove. Sometimes people need to kick in the ass. Uh, And you can provide that kick in the ass that your boyfriend, the coward right now, so clearly needs. Hi, Dan. My name is Kristen. I'm a 20-year-old college student, and um, I'm having a bit of a problem with this guy that I work with. We've worked in a lab together for almost two years now, and we've gotten really close. We were working on a project together and we would often pull 18 hour days and in the fog of, you know, having worked for 18 hours, um, you know, we would tell each other things and we would really, really get deep and personal and tell each other things that I don't think either of us have ever told other people. And I started falling for him probably after knowing him for about six months. Um, and that was right at the time that he got a girlfriend. And it really made me very sad when he got a girlfriend, um, of course. But, you know, I still remain friends with him. And lately, we've been seeing a lot more of each other. He's been inviting me over to his place to hang out with him and his girlfriend and some other friends. And um, the other day, I was walking down the hallway with him, and I collapsed. I just totally blacked out. Um and he was there, and he helped me, and it really just, like, made me feel so much stronger about him. And um, so, and he told me after that, he's like, you know, I know that you feel alone, but, you know, know that no matter how alone you feel, you've always got me. And um, it just really got to me. And so I'm just wondering if I should tell him how I feel. I'm thinking that if he were interested in you romantically, that at some point during the six months that he was without a girlfriend and opening up to you, that it would have occurred to him to ask you out. I'm also thinking that perhaps the reason he was so emotionally available to you and unguarded was because he didn't see you as a romantic interest. He saw you as a friend. And so his guard was uh, non-existent. He wasn't being cagey. He wasn't playing you. He wasn't you know, being self-conscious the way people are self-conscious and around people that they might want to be in a relationship with. All that said, maybe you should tell him, not her, not her, not his girlfriend and not in front of his girlfriend, but maybe you should tell him how you feel because if he does not return your affections, better to know that now and stop hanging out with him, stop looking at him the way you've been looking at him. Stop hoping that he comes around and realizes you're the one he wants if that's not a possibility. And just tear that band-aid off, get the red hot poker, cauterize that wound. If indeed it is a wound. 
But it sounds like you guys have an intense work relationship, an intense emotional connection. And for you, it's transubstantiated into something more and not necessarily for him. And as if he's as nice a guy as you make him out to be, he may be making the nice guy mistake of letting you live with false hope because he doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Maybe he realizes that you indeed uh, are in love with him and uh, you know that you are alone and he feels for you. And so he's not being direct and he's letting you invest in him in ways that he shouldn't allow you to because in the long run that's crueler than disabusing you. I could be wrong. He could be totally in love with you. He could think you're so far out of his league that he would never have thought it possible to make a play for you and he went and got a girlfriend that he likes as well but can't hold a candle for you and blah, blah, blah. All that is also a possibility and again, the only way to find out if that is indeed the case or what I suspect uh, is likelier is the case is for you to level with him and invite him at that moment to tell you the truth straight out, however painful it might be for you to hear you tell him that you need to hear it. And then if he's not feeling for you the way you're feeling for him, get a new lab partner transfer to a new department if possible. Do not spend time with him the way you've been spending time with him because you're only going to be sandpapering your wounds at that point. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 24-year-old male, straight male, and I am having some ex-girlfriend issues. Uh, Last summer, I confessed my love to my ex uh, from high school slash college. Did it for about two years. And last time I confessed my love to her, and she basically told me that we she didn't think about us anymore, and that she was kind of focused on her career, which I was totally okay with, but um, she still kind of gave me the feeling that she was interested in us, and kind of got fed up with the phone calls and the, you know, back and forth, so I moved across the country, and... I still am kind of getting some late-night phone calls. Um, usually, she's not drunk, actually, and just kind of um, wants to just chat. It's like 2.30 in the morning, though, and sometimes I have to work the next day, and, you know, my broken heart kind of still just allows her to keep talking. Um, but, you know, there's always this dead moment of a month to two months even sometimes where I don't even get text messages back or phone calls. And it's kind of weird, but um, I tried to move on. And recently I've met a new girl and I actually met her online through like kind of a dating site, but uh, we're having a really good connection and we've gone out a few times and I really like this girl a lot. And it seems that every time I get into a new relationship with a girl, uh, my ex, through some intuition, mm-hmm. to call me, and I always, you know, give in and have these long conversations with her where just talk about, you know, just shooting the shit, I guess. But, um, you know, I really like this new girl, and I don't know what to do about my 
lust for my ex-girlfriend, and I just want to know how you think I should get over her, or if I should tell her to quit calling me and to stop, you know, dragging me along. Sorry to cut you off, but oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Stop talking to your fucking ex-girlfriend. When you get involved with someone new, she always seems to realize through some dark, intuitive, mysterious power that she has that you've met somebody that you might want to date. Perhaps she's just looking at your fucking Facebook page and she realizes when you've gone out on a date. And so she, you know, casts her line and sinks a fish hook back into your ass because she likes knowing that whatever she's doing, wherever she is, there's one guy out there that's still pining for her who's willing to be her emotional tampon in the middle of the night. And that sucker is you. She's not interested in you romantically. She's interested in using you for this weird purpose of hers. You know, there are emotionally manipulative, selfish, self-centered, narcissistic people out there who want other people to do for them, to love them, and don't do or love back. And it sounds like your ex is one of those toxic personalities, as Dr. Drew might say. And so you need to stay the fuck away from her. You need to delete her emails, uh, ignore her text messages when they come. You need to stop sending her text messages, stop calling her. And when she calls in the middle of the night, don't answer the fucking phone. All right? You've met a lovely girl who's available to you, who's interested in you, where there's a real possibility. Focus on her. Focus on what you can have, not what you can't have. And you know what? what? Whether you realize it or not, you don't want. You don't want the relationship that this girl is willing to have with you because it's not mutually supportive. It's one of self-centered one-way street use and you're being used and jerked around. You moron. Knock it off. Don't take her calls. Don't answer her texts. Don't chat with her in the middle of the night. Go out with this other girl. Oh, my God. Sometimes if I could just reach through people's iPhones and slap the earbuds out of them, I would in this case. Come on. Hi, Dan. My name is Liz, and I'm calling you in regards to episode 231, and I just want to let you know that your advice to that woman is stupid. The woman who calls out um, her, her homophobic boyfriend and she's gay or bi or whatever if he's worried about gays assaulting him in the shower there's a good chance that he's gay and terrified of his own sexuality first of all second of all it is not her job to fix him at all he needs to fix himself and she needs to run because if she tries to fix him it's a time it's a time-tested tradition women trying to fix men it's just not ever going to work and it seems to be like women are stuck on this, oh, I'm going to change his life. No, she's not going to change him. If he's that strongly opposed to gays, he's, he's got psychological issues that have existed far, be- far before she got involved with him, and it's just not going to change. So she needs to run for the hills and let him um, get assaulted in the shower and figure out that he's gay, which he most likely is, and, you know, come on. I mean, <laughs> you should know and find out that if somebody is that virulently homophobic, they're harboring some gay feelings themselves. Hi, uh, this is a call in response to uh, the woman with the homophobe for the boyfriend uh, in episode 231. Um, I used to be that guy. I used to be uh, 
homophobic, uh, and I was in the military at the time. Um, and this girl I was dating, uh, two of her uncles were gay. So I don't know what I could have said. You know, I've come a long way from there, but, uh, something I said, uh, made her challenge me on my beliefs about, you know, gay people in general. And I was able to, uh, overcome that stuff. Um, you know, I was a big boy about it and I have a, you know, natural tendency to be curious about human sexuality. So, you know, it took me down a path that, uh, no, I'm glad I went down on. Hey, Dan, I just got done listening to episode 229 about the woman whose boyfriend didn't want to blow his load in her mouth. Maybe it is uh, that he doesn't have issues with her being, you know, uh, you know, being derogatory towards her or whatever, but not for him. Maybe he's jealous of all the guys who previously blew loads in her mouth, and that's why he was tripped out that she was, you know, easy or whatever. Uh, and on that score, I think he would, A, have to get over it himself because everyone's entitled to her past, but maybe also she could tell him that, you know, this isn't just something I do. I don't want every guy to blow his load in my mouth. I don't want just any guy. I just want you to blow your load in my mouth. And if I've done this before, you know, it was someone I cared about. Uh, and for whatever reason, I'm not dating those guys now, but, you know, I'm not just someone who wants load blown. I want your load. It's the best load ever. Thanks very much for all of your calls and comments. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Remember, we're currently taking questions of one minute's duration or less for a very special upcoming rapid-fire Q&A episode of the Savage Lovecast. 206-201-2720. That's the number. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.